Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Hello and welcome to The Vault by Access Hollywood. Now, before we dive in, we just wanted to let you know that this week, in honor of Black History Month, we are kicking off an entire month of episodes featuring incredible Black trailblazers in Hollywood. So stay tuned because you will not want to miss these. This is The Vault by Access Hollywood. We're taking you on an epic journey into the heart of Hollywood with iconic interviews and fascinating conversations from the biggest stars in the business. The Vault opens now. Welcome to the podcast here on The Vault by Access Hollywood. We're about to press play on some throwback clips. I'm Scott Evans. And I am Zuri Hall. Who is good to have y'all back once again. Mm -hmm. Today, we're headed back into The Vault to do a little visit with, um, shall I say, the queen? The queen. Right? Not up for debate. Not up for debate. Indisputable, Miss, is that the word? Undeniable. Yes, that. Miss Oprah Winfrey. Ta-da! You gotta it's say it with the Oprah voice. It's Oprah! Oprah! You get an Oprah, you get an Oprah, Oprah, you get an Oprah. Everybody gets a Winfrey. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, come on, the entire world knows her at this point as Oprah. Just right. one name. You don't even need the Winfrey. Yeah, the queen of all media. She Think about this. 2003, mm -hmm. she cracked billionaire status, mm -hmm. right? And now in 2020, Forbes is saying she's worth an estimated $2 billion. Cool. I'm going to say it's probably closer to like $25 trillion. You should say 100%. You carry that two divided by seven and, you know, tally it up. How and could it you, not be 50 you, trillion dollars yeah she could write a check for the u for the usa uh deficit <laughs> and just be done with just it. and and still get tacos after listen have money <laughs> to spare for tacos <laughs> and extra guac you know what i'm saying what i love about it though is not only is she because i know the forbes list can be kind of uncomfortable for people to make it onto mm -hmm. right like i've had this conversation with tyler perry before but to know that in this magazine, there are only seven other black people mm. listed on this. It just gives you something to shoot for. And I don't know if you're necessarily shooting for billionaire status, but you know, at least it's possible. Right, right, right. No, you know, absolutely. at least it's possible. And I yeah, mean, let's shoot for billionaire status. Why not? Right? What's the saying? Shoot for the stars, land amongst the moon. Nope, nope. Shoot for the Am moon, land amongst the stars. <laughs> Thank you. Got you got it. You oh, got there in the end. <laughs> you got there in the end. That's all that matters. Yeah, that's all that matters. What matters more is that Oprah is the OG. She is such an icon. She's so influential. I mean, don't even get me started, right? Like we both have have had careers very much inspired by this woman and her. One hundred percent. One hundred percent inspired mm -hmm. by. It. Like literally, I am here because Oprah was on TV, and I was like, oh yeah, that's something I can do. Yeah, yeah. That's something I can do. Yeah. I mean, from producing to acting in films, launching a book club, her own television network, mm. also named OWN, the mm -hmm. Oprah Winfrey Network. I mean, she's a boss. Yeah. She's in publishing, writing, radio, podcasting. Her favorite things, that list, <laughs> I mean, people still lose their minds over it. The 2020 list, I'm, I was really encouraged to see is yeah. all Black-owned businesses this year. Yes, Oprah. 
Yes, yes. Right? You love to see it. You love to see you it. You love to see it. My favorite things is so iconic. And also what I loved was um, when it originally started, th- these weren't sponsored things. This wasn't a-, a product or a company or an author paying to have their stuff featured. It was really just her saying, hey, I get behind this. I love it. And then obviously it's Oprah. So the Oprah effect kicks in mm-hmm. and she has launched careers because of putting yeah. you know, names or faces on the favorite things list, books on the favorite things list. Her power, the Oprah effect, if you will, what I love most about it is not just how inspirational it is and, and sort of the content that she gives people like us, um, who, who she helps us live our best lives. We know that, but also the lives that she changes through shining her Oprah light on, on these other talents, right? Mm -hmm. We've seen so many careers launched because she's featured these therapists, these experts, Dr. Phil, Ayanla Van Zandt, the list goes Mm -hmm. on and on and on. Um, and she does it because she, she gets behind people and we trust her. We trust her vision. We trust her judgment. We trust her vision. We trust her judgment. We touch. We trust her knowledge mm-hmm. and her ability to connect. I'm telling you, I still order every year this white chicken pot pie because it was on her list in 2000. I think 13. No, was it? Not 2000. Tried. It was 2002. 2002. Maybe. 2002. Scott, you were a fetus. 2002. Basically, ordering chicken pot pies. <laughs> chicken pot pie. Listen. It was so good, but it's, it goes, it goes, and I know the jokingly, it goes beyond the pot pie with Oprah, right? It's the, she has the, the Oprah Winfrey Leadership Academy for girls in South Africa. It of course has made um, headlines because of the work that it does, but the, the mission of making sure, ensuring education to lift people up out of their right. situation. I mean, it's, it's incredible. It was a no brainer to me, Mm -hmm. to see her go on a 2020 vision tour. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Now, if I, I, if I, if I'm be honest, I wish she would have had like a psychic (laughs) on the 2020 vision tour. So they could have told us how to prepare for a quarantine. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, you're going to be at your home for more than seven months this year. So you need to get some cozy clothes and learn (laughs) how to meditate. Couch, buy a pillow or two, you know, (laughs) we're going to get to our first clip. (laughs) You ready? Please. Yes. Okay. So This is when Access Hollywood sat down with Oprah back in 97, right? She was tagging along with one of her idols, Tina Turner, on what Oprah was calling the um, uh, uh, Wildest Dreams Tour, right? She was actually granting the wishes of people who had written into the show, right? And Oprah, of course, was a massive fan of Tina Turner. So I'd say she's probably living her own wildest Mm -hmm, dream, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Wig and all, wig (laughs) and all. So to give you a little context here, Oprah had launched her daytime talk show, I think in 1986. So by 97, she was major, Mm -hmm. major, major. Mm -hmm. And the earlier years of the show was a little more confrontational. It was a little more like- uh, A little tabloidy, a little- I mean, yeah, it could be considered definitely like a, like it was um, emotional in like the, the, the lowest vibration sometimes emotional in the lowest like like basic yes you know what i mean i I remember i remember one episode and this actually was a little later one episode with uh kkk members oh that will because that one will live in infamy right? right and so by 97 she had moved to like i'm not giving those people the a space yeah. or a platform or time in my broadcast. I'm going to be doing every time you 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 tune into this show this hour that we spend yeah. together, I'm lifting you up. I'm, right, we're all right, going right. to be lifted up, right? Yeah. And I what I love about that is how brave you have to be to pivot, right? Because it was working. First working. of all, so the, the show was off the charts, the ratings were amazing. It takes a certain kind of person to say I know this is working, but it's not what I want to do anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not who I want to serve anymore. And to take that sort of hard turn and just trust that the audience will, you know, rock with you or hope that they will, um, that takes bravery. And at the end of the day, the bottom line is you're risking your check too, right? right? Because if this doesn't succeed, if this does fall flat, um, that's you, that's your face, that's your career, that's your brand. So what I've always admired about her is the fact that um, she cared less about 
what people expected or had come to know and more about what she knew she could bring to the table and the way she could change lives with the platform that she'd built. And, and she did it and she's killing it. Killing it. And think about when she made the pivot, the show grew. Yep, exactly. So you so you not people only did you that. did you people change, but you also you you created a new format, a new way yeah. of thinking about daytime TV. So Oprah ended up tagging along with Tina Turner. She'd ask Oprah asked people to write into the show in the form of a letter asking, you know, what is a dream of theirs? What kind of intention would they hope to, to fulfill? What kind of gift would they hope to give to someone else? She ended up with 77,000 letters. Woo! In this clip, uh, we joked with, with Oprah just before about maybe even surpassing her own dreams and aspirations at this point, right? But now we're talking about how she overcomes obstacles, uh, chooses to achieve greatness, and really blazes her own path in the face of adversity. Listen to what she had to say. Life is about becoming who you really are to the fullest extent possible. And so what drives me is looking for whatever is the next level for myself. You know, I stopped doing trash TV, as, as it was called, uh, because I just had outgrown that. I stopped doing that because, all right, we realize we're dysfunctional people. Uh, what are we going to do about it? I believe that every human being has to be willing to take responsibility for his or her life. And so my drive comes from a, a, a desire to be all that I was meant to be. And I, you know, one of the things I learned, especially from these 70,000 letters, 77,000, is that the only thing holding you back is your inability to dream big enough. Because many, many, many of the letters, the deeper the pain, the smaller the dream. You said that. Why yes. do you think that is? Why do women think so small? Because they thought, so, thought so little of themselves. That they, first of all, don't know how to ask for themselves. Are afraid to believe that you can have a big dream. And that that, that can happen to you in your life. Yeah. And then what we found after Houston is people who had dreamed small, who had small dreams, were like, I don't know. I said I just wanted to see a concert, but... I wouldn't mind a house. <laughs> <laughs> Darn. <laughs> Darn. Oh, you meant I could have anything I wanted. So, um, and it, it's helped me to realize that too. So now I'm asking myself, what's the next dream? I don't know. Let I used to say this, the though. future's so bright it burns my eyes. And, and that is true. And I, I, I really had thought, you know, well, I've done it all. I've got all the things. I've got all this stuff. Now this tour has really made me think, can I dream a bigger dream for myself? That is the question. Snap, 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 snap. It is literally the question that I hope everybody listening to this is asking themselves is like, mm -hmm. can I dream a bigger dream for myself? What is the bigger dream for myself? Right. Am right. I even dreaming for myself? Yeah, yeah. I think you have to be so audacious with your dreams. You have to dare fearlessly. And the sad thing about, you know, our reality about the society that we've grown up in is we're trained to dream small, to rein it in, to be reasonable with the things that we want for ourselves, that we request from the universe. Um, and what I've always loved about Oprah is that she's like, nah, ah, you got one life to live. You better pick a dream, any dream and go big. And she is living proof of that happening. When you look at her, her upbringing, her childhood, the adversity, um, and not just, you know, when it comes to poverty, she's been very open about, you know, some of her childhood issues, childhood mm -hmm. struggles, challenges she's overcome. And yet still she had that, that fearless audacity to dream big and to know that anything was possible. And she's proof that it is. And for me, that's what sort of guided me is that North Star of, well, if she can do it and she's telling me I can do it, let's go. Let's see what we can do. Yeah. I loved that she said, you know, we were doing trash TV and I realized, okay, we're dysfunctional people. What are we going to do about it? You, right. think, you think about, you were talking about her, um, her upbringing and, and the challenges that she, she faced and the audacity to dream big anyway, there was nothing in her experience necessarily pointing her to you have, you are deserving of this bigger dream. She just did it. Mm -hmm. You know, she was raised by her, her grandmother who was a maid. And she talks about this moment and she was having this conversation while her grandmother was doing laundry and she was, um, I think folding sheets over a, a, a clothing line outside. And um, 
she was having this conversation with herself as a little girl saying, I don't, I don't want to <laughs> do, do this. this. Yeah. And her, her grandmother's biggest dream for her then was to get herself some good, kind white people to mm. work for, mm -hmm. that that would be the best kind of life that Oprah gal mm -hmm. could aspire to. And she said, I just knew in my, in the, the, the center of who I was, that this was not going to be my life. Right. And that was going to do everything in my power to ensure that it wouldn't be. And so it's, what's great about her is that when she clicked into her, her spot, she then made sure everyone who watched the show, anyone who worked on the show, also had that same kind of energy, mm -hmm. right? That she deposited that same kind of thing into them. So it's a really cool thing to know that, like, as a little girl, she yeah. was like, uh-uh, it's got to be bigger yeah, than this. she knew. She knew early on. I mean, and she says in the clip, you know, life is about becoming who you really are. And what I love about her commitment with her platforms, with the network now, is that she's dedicated her life and her work to helping others become mm -hmm. who they really are, be brave enough to not ignore or suppress that whisper in your spirit that mm -hmm. says, I think there's more for us. I think, I think if we could just take that leap or yeah. open that door, there might be a little something more for us. And that's scary, especially when family, friends, people with good intentions are talking you out of your dreams, talking you out of the things that your spirit says are for you. Mm -hmm. So to have someone with such a huge platform encouraging you. And what I love most about Oprah, they say, don't meet your idols, you know, because mm -hmm. normally they will not live up to it. They ruin it. But with Oprah, like it doesn't get any any bigger for me. Like that that was sort of the person who I admired, who proved to me that it was possible. And, you know, I've talked to her quite a few times at this point. I know you've talked to her quite a few times at this point. We've had opportunities to connect. And she has never disappointed. Mm -mm. She is so generous with her energy, with the time that she will dedicate to just you and you alone. And she'll make you feel so special and so seen and in the moment, you're like, oh, shoot, me and Oprah are vibing. Like, there, it's an us thing. Mm -hmm. And then you see her go to that next person, and they get that same magic. And there is something really sort of awe-inducing about it, because you realize that. You think, oh, no, this is why she is who she is. This is why Oprah is Oprah, because she has this extremely rare ability to make everyone feel seen, mm -hmm. to see everyone, to, see everyone, to yeah. have that connection with someone to where if you walked into the interaction, not seeing something for yourself, you walk out of it, seeing more for yourself than you mm -hmm. did before you had the opportunity to speak with her. And I think it's so special and um, it makes sense why she's, why she's grown as, as big as she has, why she's stayed as influential as she had, as she's been for so many years, because you don't age out of that. You know, you see certain stars and, oh, they were so dope in the 90s and oh, so-and-so was the biggest whatever of the early 2000s. Oprah is Oprah is Oprah and she gonna be Oprah for all these generations, all these generations about to get Miss Winfrey mm -hmm. because it's not a thing that's specific to an age group or a demographic or a certain type of people. Um, that energy is so rare that it connects with anyone who gets to experience it. She walked in the room one time and we were setting up and all I heard was, Scott! <laughs> and I turned around and I was like, if, if we're not rolling, <laughs> I'm gonna be so mad. I turned around and she goes, this is your room? Is this your room? Yeah. Is that a bed? I was like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. Why was there a bed in the room? <laughs> because it was a hotel room and they didn't take the hotel room, the beds out of the room. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, Zuri. It happens. I'm not judging you. I just wanted to know what the bed was for. You're focused on the wrong part. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> Oprah was focused on it too. She asked if it was a bed, to be fair. It was, it was just one of those moments. You, like she gave you the, the voice and the, 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 I call it a love deposit, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I remember... It was the carpet for A Wrinkle in Time. And I had asked her, I was asking her about this tour, mm -hmm. about this 
uh, Tina Turner tour across the country. And if there was something in particular that she remembers that sticks out to her, that's like that kind of knocks her down. And she said, I'll tell you this. I remember traveling the country on tour buses, talking to people. I had, she said she had matching uh, Tina Turner outfits. She had one of Tina's wigs that she was wearing. Mm-hmm. or uh, created to to look like one of Tina's wigs. And she said, Stedman pulled me aside and said, I'm going to tell you something that ain't nobody else going to tell you. <laughs> okay? You run around here with all this Tina Turner stuff. Mm-hmm. You are not Tina Turner. <laughs> <laughs> now, Stedman, if you don't let your, let your queen be great for a listen, day, let, let Oprah live her best Tina Turner fantasy. I said, why not? Because I was like, did you take it? She's like, no, he said, you better take that wig off. <laughs> you are not Tina uh, Turner. And I just thought it was such a cool insight into their relationship, mm-hmm. right? That Because can't nobody else tell Oprah, okay, I think it's time to turn, right. I think it's time to take Tina's wig off. Exactly. But, but, I, but you need a Stedman, right? You need someone in your life who, and I don't think it's just Stedman. We know that she and Gail go way, way, way back and Gail will tell her in a heartbeat what she feels. Um, I asked, I think it was, um, what carpet was this? It was for a new show on OWN. Um, what's the one? You know the one. David Makes Man. Yes, exactly. It was the David Makes Man um, Michael B. premiere Jordan. carpet. Mm-hmm. Michael B. Jordan was there. Um, and when I spoke to her and I asked, you know, like everyone knows that Gail is like your per- like your bestie. But then you got Stedman on the other side. Like who gets veto power? Who gets executive oh. decision making? It was Sophie's Choice. I put her into a Sophie's Choice situation. And she was like, well, honestly, you know, I love Gail and we did it and whatever. But I got to say, Stedman gets that executive oh, power, you know? Stedman like, in my mind. That's my man. Like, when it comes down to it, when it comes down to the come down, Stedman gets that veto power. And what I really admire and respect about that is as big as she's gotten, as huge as her star is, um, it is clear that she has boundaries and standards for her personal life. Mm-hmm. And she does not let all of this affect who she is when she when she shows up when she's at home at night you know she's talked about the fact I love Stedman I want to cook for my man but I want to cook because I want to cook for Stedman I I will never be the woman who feels like I gotta rush to a stove and get something on the table to feed my man but I will gladly go to the stove of my own volition and cook for my man and I was like a hundred percent that part that's all it is but I just love the fact that Oprah can be Oprah and still be like and I cook for my man what and I cook for my man like she can she can do it all she does it all right um I want to go to uh, another throwback clip. This one is actually from 2007. Uh, Do you remember when Oprah kind of leveled up with her philanthropy? Like we've known her and loved her as a giver. Uh, You get a car, you get a car, you get a car. That's for good reason, right? Mm -hmm. She loves to give, but she took it to an entirely new level when she opened the Oprah Winfrey Leadership Academy for girls in South Africa. Uh, obviously, you know, we've talked about this a little bit, this, this show, but she's made no secret about her own, um, childhood. The fact that she was economically disadvantaged. You talk about her growing up and seeing what she didn't want for her life based Mm -hmm. on what, you know, her family had been limited to up until that point. Um, well, she took all of that and fueled it to make a really huge change for good. The school looks for academically gifted girls who exhibit leadership qualities, not unlike Oprah Winfrey. Mm-hmm. Um, the school gained praise from Nelson Mandela, Bill Clinton, and it seriously solidified Oprah as an international philanthropist. So when the school opened, there was a ton of fanfare. I remember this being such a big deal. Chris Rock wanted to teach a class. You had mm-hmm. India Ari, Mary J. Blige, Tina Turner, her, her, her you know, her idol, you know, she came back and said, wig out, but Tina was like, okay, here we go. Round two. Uh, Patty LaBelle, Babyface, they all performed and Access Hollywood. We were also invited to cover that grand opening back in 2007. So here's Oprah telling Access that opening the school felt like coming home for her and also why this new mission was so important to her. Listen to this. It's, it feels, Sean, like for me, even coming home it feels like does it? It feels, it feels like, like home, home to you. Yes, because all of my life I wanted to be a teacher. Yeah, I always wanted to be a teacher and thought I was going to be a teacher. And really, about ten years ago, I said, "Such a shame I never was a teacher. Such a shame mm-hmm. because I really think I have a lot to offer." Yeah, 
uh, in a classroom. I think, you know, not just academics, because that is not what I specialize in. I have people who specialize in math and science and, the, you know, technologies and so forth. But to be able to teach girls about life, real life, yeah. the things that you really want to know and have the capacity to understand when you're 14 years mm -hmm. old. The ability, you know, so I'm going to teach leadership classes. And within okay. those leadership classes, I'm going to teach classes on imagination mm. and dreaming and dreaming big and, dreaming and how, your really thoughts, big. Yeah. how your thoughts create reality for you, how right. the way you think about yourself and the way you think about the world mm -hmm. is the world that you will have. Certainly. And so if you're trained to believe that, trained not only to believe but to understand that that's how the world works, how every choice that you make has a consequence mm -hmm. and throughout your life, Every choice has a consequence, and so right. you have to learn to make responsible choices. When you make the choice, you have to already understand what the consequence is going to be. Right. So to know that when you're 14 and not wait till you're 42, <laughs> I think makes right. a huge difference in your life. So it's about that. It's about, it's about uh, this isn't just about an academic space, obviously, because mm -hmm. we've tried to find the best teachers and, and recruit the best staff. But for me, it's about a nurturing place right. for these girls mm -hmm. and an opportunity to give back what I was given and what I wasn't given. Right. Because, you know, I had a rough childhood and know a lot of things were missing for me. I know what was missing, so I know how to give it to somebody else. What I love most about that clip is that she says, you know, it's a shame that I didn't become a teacher. Oprah is the teacher. She is the world's teacher. Mm -hmm. If anything, her show, her content, now her network has just been one master class after in another. getting it right. Yes. Mm -hmm. In literally living your best life. And the fact that she has never specified that is one thing that looks like one thing. I think the biggest lesson is, Hey, it's going to be different for each of you. So go after whatever it is that sets your soul on fire. Mm -hmm. um, Oprah, you a teacher. You were a whole teacher. And not only is she a teacher, you know, she's also talked about these these girls at the school being her children, right? Mm -hmm. Being her daughters, because she and Stedman never had kids of their own together. And mm -hmm. so uh it's it is it's interesting because I remember sitting in the seat, right, as she comes out on the stage at the Vision 2020 tour. And I don't know you 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 remember that moment like where the crowd goes crazy. She finally walks out on the stage and she goes to the audience at one point and she's like, uh, "I I raised y'all, you know what I mean? Like this is these how you doing? How you doing? Because people are yelling things, different things at her and stuff like that. And she was like, "Yeah, this this I realize that you you know you all are my children. Mommy is here. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. I'm here. Mom is home from work. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's just a, it's an interesting thing also per, about perspective." how you don't sometimes see your impact the way others see it. Mm. You know, you talk about her not realizing or not thinking, you know, the one thing I wanted to be in life was a teacher and like, girl. She's the ultimate teacher, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you teaching right now. Yeah, no, it's so true. I love the Academy still going to this very day mm -hmm. and, you know, her just constantly looking for new ways to grow and expand her reach in that area of philanthropy and of giving back. Um, okay, so I want us to swap Oprah stories because uh, like I said, I know we both had, you know, multiple interactions with her and different stories and experiences. So what of all of them is your favorite Oprah interaction? You wanna go first? Okay, so I have my favorite interaction, but I just wanna say, this is not my favorite, but I did give her a loaf of bread <laughs> on the carpet. <laughs> And I was like, this is either going to go really well or really yeah, Real bad. Because, <laughs> you know, it was like the Weight Watchers phase where she was like, I, I love, love bread. bread. And I was like, well, if she loves bread, let me give her a loaf of bread. You know, me and my producer were talking about it. She's like, it's got to be great. I was like, it's going to be really good or really bad. You didn't, like, you didn't give her like a, like a, like a loaf of like wonder bread like you made it I like, a, like a tartine you like it was Oprah like fresh Winfrey. this was handmade. like an artisan crusty okay bread you know i mean it was probably still from like kroger or ralph's so we didn't really have a budget budget but it was cute it was rounded on the corners and crispy on the outside 
Um, and I like had it in a, like a little tote bag. And so I'm interviewing her on the red carpet interviewing her. And this whole time I'm like nodding and having fun. She's great. I'm like living the dream. I think this was the first time actually that I met her, but I'm like sweating bullets. And it has nothing to do with the fact that I've met Oprah with the fact that a dream has come true because it absolutely did. It is all because I'm about to give this woman a loaf of bread. And I just really hope this land. <laughs> I am so stressed about it. And so at the end, uh, we connected over our love of hot Cheetos. We got the high five going. And um, I was like, oh, just one more thing. And I pull out this massive loaf. And at first I could see her. She was like, what is happening? What is she going in her bag for? Right. And I pull out a loaf of bread. And I'm like, I know you love bread. So I just thought, you know, you're going into this premiere. You might get a little hungry in there. And it was the moment. It felt like an eternity. It was literally 0. 0.0003 seconds. And she was like, oh my God, thank you. But next time you need to toast it. I was like, oh, excuse me. <laughs> you will take the bread, but leave me with a note. <laughs> Say less. I got you. It shall be toasted next time. Uh, and then she proceeded to put the bread. The whisper toasted. Her purse. <sighs> And take it with her into the theater. She said, I got a toaster <laughs> at home. That's my life. She got a toaster at home. She got a toaster at home. And they but, probably got a toaster in this theater. Honest to God, whatever she wants in that theater, I'm sure could be arranged. Yeah. Um, that ended up being a story more than I anticipated it being. But my favorite is you were talking about the wrinkle in time carpet. And I was there at that same time for a different outlet. And um, I was newly single. And I had not been single for five years. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, this is, I don't know the next time I'll get to speak with her again. You know, they're far and few between these opportunities. And I'm going to ask all my questions. I'm going to get my interview done. But I got to get some advice from Oprah because I'm lost. And my friends, I'm taking advice from the wrong people. You can't be asking single people how to have a <laughs> successful relationship. So I would go to the source and she's going to hopefully tell me something. And so I asked her at the end, you know, like I'm newly single. How do I maximize this time? What should I be doing right now? Because I was genuinely a little bit lost. Mm -hmm. And when I tell you, one, her time was just about up. Two, her publicist was probably like, okay, we got to get to the next spot. Mm -hmm. When I saw her settle in at that question, I was like, oh, it's go time. She is about to drop some gems on me. First of all, she told me to drop it like it was hot. So basically, Oprah told me to get out in these streets and live my best hot girl summer before hot girl summer was even a thing. Bloop. Listen. So I was like, say less. That is my permission. That's all I needed to hear. Um, bikini thirst traps coming soon to the gram so I can drop it like it's hot. Applications Oprah. open. Applica DMs open. Um, <laughs> she told me to drop it like it's hot, drop it like it's hot, and then come down to myself. And it was really important to hear that because, you know, we can get lost in our relationships, whether they're romantic, whether it's family relationships, work relationships, and her encouragement reminding me to come down to myself and work on being the lover, the friend, the partner that I would want instead of trying to find that person or force someone to be that person. When I tell you, I will wake up every day and just recite Oprah to myself mm -hmm. for probably three to six months, manifested a whole man out of it. Um, but it is the fact that Oprah Winfrey carved out the time yeah. where she should have been halfway down that carpet to pour into me in a moment when I really needed it. Like I was not in a great place emotionally. Yeah. Um, and that's what we see her do for so many people. So to be able to experience that, I, I will be eternally grateful for because that's advice that lasts a lifetime and, and it works. She was right. So I cling to that and I appreciate that. Okay, Scott. We'd love to see it. Best Oprah interaction. Go. Okay, so I was picked by Oprah to be a part of her first live after show on the OWN Network. And so that afforded me an opportunity to um, work directly with her production team, to work under her uh, direction and guidance. Um, it also allowed me to see how many pieces she is a part of um, in, in a certain kind of way. And so when I had the opportunity to actually look her face to face and thank her, I told her that I felt like the call that I, would, I was selected 
I felt like it was a part of the prayers of my grandmother who passed away when I was a baby. It was a part of the prayers of my grandmother and my mom working in my life that I would be able to do work that I was proud of and that made a difference and that Mm -hmm. contributed to a better representation of not just us, but um, humanity. And when mm-hmm. I say us, I don't. I mean black people, but I mean also the the best of us in humanity. Um, examples of that. And so I was sharing that with her, and she said to me, "Isn't it?" She put her hand on my shoulder, and she said, "Isn't it great to know that that's what that feeling is? It's not just like a flutter in your belly. That it is literally the energy, the prayers, the hopes, the desires for your life to be something that you are proud of." that you feel that energy, that you can mm-hmm. feel that flow yeah, because you yeah. are in the flow. And so I was like a super emo- emotional exchange. I called my mom after and she was like, oh my God, I can't believe you. You know, you, <laughs> I scheduled your, your doctor's appointments when I was pregnant around the Oprah Winfrey show. Did you tell her that? Uh, I was like, I, mom, no, I did not tell your her. Your mom is hilarious, by the way. And so then um, fast forward to, I get invited to brunch at Oprah's house in Montecito. And I remember just thinking, I want this moment, I want this interaction to be something different. I want this interaction to be something that's really true for both of us. She was, she was in the news recently or around that time for, I think she told Ellen that she'd gone into a bank mm-hmm. just to cash a check for a million dollars because she wanted to know what it felt like. She's a billionaire, so of course she, she got it, right? right. And so... Um, I was telling her that it made just hearing her that story made me dream a bigger dream. And so I had written down, um, I had actually written a check to myself for a million dollars. And I said, mm. I want to be able to cash this check in a year. Mm. Uh, what can I, and, and, but I also, and I know that I got to believe it for myself, but I'm, I'm looking at the woman who can manifest a whole Anything, life right? out of a wash bucket. Mm-hmm. Will you believe this with me? She grabbed She was like, okay, first, if you want to take home a million, you're going to need more than a million. So you need, you need 1,562 and 32 cents in order to take home a million. I love how, oh God, I'm going to let you finish. Hearing this story, (laughs) I love how seriously she takes everyone's dreams, everyone's anything, anything someone comes to her Mm -hmm. with. She just is so intentional, present in it and intentional. She takes it so seriously. It makes you believe in your dreams. Someone else you could have said that to and then be like, okay, and giving you some throwaway answer that would have been right. cute and charming and not much to write home about. The fact that she was like, oh, okay, is this what we're talking about right now? And literally starts doing the math. D- already I had the math. That. I already had the math. Right. So she's she was like, she was like, oh, I know my way around oh, oh. a million now. Let me she tell said, you what you really need. You really gonna you need you gonna need to rewrite this check, but keep this right. one, put it in a frame. The one you're gonna actually take to the bank <laughs> needs to be for a little bit more. She said, you need to put it somewhere where you see it every day. She said, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna be checking in on you to see where you are with your check. And every single interview I ha- I've had with her since then. She's been like, where are we? About the check. Where are we? And it was probably two interviews ago, she approached me. And before she could even say it, I said, we are closer than I have ever imagined I would be. Really? And she, said, she said, to your million dollar check? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah. She so was like, what I'm taking away from this is drinks on you next time. We <laughs> That's my takeaway. I don't know about the listeners. Drinks on Scotty. I got you, boo. Top shelf. Thanks. I got you. <laughs> I got you. Absolutely. But I, I mean, it that. was just it was just one of those moments that I'll never ever forget. And it has for, I think kind of forever linked us in she really was thinking about this for me. And so, yeah, it's been, it's been great. It's been great. We love us some Oprah. Okay. What do you say now we fast forward to 2019, shall we? Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. 2019. You remember she's mega producer, change maker, empire been built. Now people who are involved in the empire are making their own empires. Right. 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 Um, 
some of the biggest projects she's she's got at this point. She's launched the Oprah Winfrey Network. It's now jointly owned by Discovery Network and Harpo Studios. She's still producing uh, scripted and unscripted television uh, and projects. She's Selma, mm. TV shows like uh, Greenleaf, HBO's The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks, right? Emmy nominations, Oscar nominations. I mean, the woman was working. Right. Is working. I mean, stay working. <laughs> stay working. Okay, here's, here's what I want to tell you. You could be in London mm-hmm. getting ready to go to the royal's wedding, Harry and Meghan. Yeah. She pulls her dress out of the bag. She puts the, bag, she puts the dress on and she says, oh, this is going to photograph too white. I can't wear this dress. Uh-huh. Anyone else says, I think I, think I got to find another dress. Do you know what Oprah says? What did she say? Dye? Have them re-dye this dress. <laughs> That's amazing. Goals. I'm going to just sit there for a second. Have them re-dye <laughs> this dress. And they said, say less. <laughs> Wait, was it the same day? When was, how much turnover did they have to dye this dress? Hours. I don't tell you, I would have been in there with a bucket of paint trying to get my stuff together. <laughs> my little low budget self. So, like, we just, just started paying the cell phone look. bill. We had to die in a dress. What? What if I steam it with tea? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we in London. They got some of that somewhere, right? Could I get that Earl Grey? A couple of tea bags. Isn't that what the Queen drink, the Earl Grey? <laughs> yeah, dip it in the, dip it in the tea water. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this interview is from 2019. It's on the red carpet for the Hollywood Reporter's Empowerment of Entertainment Gala. And I asked Oprah about her mental health series that she was uh, collaborating with Prince Harry on. Uh, And she shared a little bit about her friendship with the royal family and uh, his wife, Meghan Markle. How did the partnership with Harry come to be? Because we were having a conversation, you know, Harry and I were having a conversation. (laughs) And I actually asked asked him, uh, you know, just like you do, like in in, in casual conversation, what do you think are the two major issues uh, facing the world right now that if you could actually change you you would and he said climate change climate climate and uh mental health he goes not just mental health mental wellness mental fitness i said well that's so interesting because i'm doing this thing so that's how it all came about so we started this conversation and the conversation grew and because of both of our real um uh, sincere interest in the subject. And so I have layers and layers and layers of interest in the subject. You know, I have girls who come from trauma at my school. I have people in my family. So there's a real reason to, to be doing it, to expose it to the world. Thank you. Thank you. One last thing for you. Okay. Just one last. last. One last. I know that you, I, I imagine that you have a, a, a soft spot in your heart for the royal baby, this new royal baby. Mm-hmm. What is the gift? that Oprah sends for the new baby? Oh, honey, I, 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 I have a standard gift that I do for yeah. people that I really care about. So I don't know the baby's name or the baby's gender, mm-hmm. but this baby will have enough books to last a lifetime, okay? I love it. I love it. <laughs> okay, I need you to know that when she said, mm-hmm, she literally gr- like leans in to you mm-hmm. and you're like yeah let's stay a while mm-hmm. right let's she's good for that oprah hug that she just, gave the baby a library that's amazing shout out to archie <laughs> a library i think i gave a gift card for a bookstore right if if that <laughs> i might have just pulled a book off my shelf that i hadn't read yet <laughs> turn it in a bag <laughs> happy birthday <laughs> Merry Christmas. We're not doing this. We're not doing it. I mean, but it's it just it it is a clue into um that that sticking true to how can we be better. I love that she said, you know, it was just it really was born out of a you know a casual conversation as one has. You know, what do you think are the two major issues that we're all facing? When was the last time you had a conversation casually like that, Zuri? (laughs) <laughs> about the, the major issues that yeah, we're just facing. just like the two major issues that we're facing. Well, Scott, I would like to think that we tackle a lot of tough issues here on the podcast. 
Um, you know, we dig into the vault and then, you know, in retrospection can reflect on our current lives, the Mm -hmm. things we're going through now, and it adds context. So never got it. Never. Cool. So that's (laughs) what I was subtly trying to hand it to you. You picked it up and you ran with it. Thank you for that. (laughs) We can't all be Oprah. Okay. (laughs) We can't be Oprah. That's why we need her in our lives. That's why we need her. It's just to remind us to think about the important things. Yeah, to elevate to mm-hmm. the, you know, the, and I don't know if you're familiar, you, I think you're familiar with this, this um, perspective, but to lift your vibration. Oh, 100%. Right? To, to, to come Energy, into that frequency, higher, man. Yeah, higher yep. vibration to like, to be seeking your highest self, your best mm-hmm. self and encouraging others to do the same around you. Yeah. She has that energy. She does it when she walks in the room, she doesn't say nothing. Oh, right. The, the energy just pulls towards her you, and it moves with wherever she literally and physically moves in the room for good and reason. She does and vibrate higher. It's real enough that Harry and Meghan lived down the street in Montecito. Like she was like. Oprah was low key the plug, right? Like right. she, she well, because remember at first Harry and Meghan, when they first came to LA, came here and sort of needed a reacclimation period. And they were in Tyler Perry's house. Allegedly. And his beautiful, alle- allegedly. I mean. Um, but so clearly, like we know, it goes without saying, she is as influential as ever, and um, she's also taken a political stand in this this current moment that we find ourselves here in America. She's talked about race and division on her Apple TV Plus show, The Oprah Conversation. Um, it's really awesome to see her still innovating in the conversation space when it comes to interview and how we navigate difficult topics and themes and conversations. She is always raising the bar and uh, making us all feel safe and comfortable with talking about things that we otherwise might want to skirt around or downplay or just Mm -hmm. not deal with because it's easier to not deal with it or talk about it. And something about Oprah helming the conversation, leading the conversation makes you feel like, okay, well, maybe we can go there. Maybe we can reach some common ground. Just turning on your Apple TV device, seeing her in that chair with her hair pulled back in a black and white mm-hmm. photo and a microphone in her hand. I remember when the, the photo came out, when the, they dropped the first uh, episode, I remember just being like, oh, shit. Oprah's back on TV in a talk show format. It's time. It's go time. Right. It's what go we've time. we've known her for, love her for. Like, yeah. Who you couldn't that? stay away. <laughs> and she came she back in the best time. way she built a whole network you know with, yeah. with the quote-unquote downtime love right. how her her pivot is i think i'm gonna go build a television network and then i'll get back to my day job and she's killing it with that too i mean own continues to release uh buzzworthy scripted content uh meaningful content shows that matter and again even when it's scripted she is highlighting conversations and people and places that that are worthy of conversation and coverage mm-hmm. and i love that she's been able to um make that happen, not just in unscripted, not just in that conversation and talk space, but also with scripted, highlighting stories that matter. She's still going strong with Stedman, 36 years. You know what? She said something recently about her relationship with Stedman that I thought was a really eye-opening look into their relationship. She said, and into why they never got married, why they haven't gotten married yet or, or may not ever. She said that Stebbin is a traditionalist in a lot of in a lot of ways, and that his idea of what wife meant, of what marriage looked like, would require her to be something perhaps that she isn't, and that instead of going about their relationship in a way that did not serve the best of both of them, they decided to define their relationship mm-hmm. for themselves. Yeah. And I was so I just thought it was such a cool, especially coming a, a black woman standing in her power and saying, This is what who I am and how yeah. I'm I'm going to be and how I can be the best for you. Can you take that? Can you leave that? Yeah. And Stemmon was like, Yeah, I'm good. I'm good with that. I think, I think I can work with that. Let me, <laughs> let me sleep on it. Wait, no, don't need to sleep on it. Thought about it. 
Oh, you made cornbread and beans? I'm no, good. Oh, gosh. Not the beans. The cornbread. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I love it. I love them. I love them together. Uh, clearly, the Oprah effect is real. I'm excited for everything she has coming up. She recently selected cast The Origins of Our Discontents for her book club, the iconic Oprah's book club, with her good friend, Ava DuVernay, uh, set to direct it, write, and produce for her. This will be Oprah's first feature film for Netflix that's going to be airing on that streaming platform. So that's exciting to see that even when it feels like you've done it all and seen it all, there's still something new to do, something that I would hope is exciting her and getting her to think about things in a new way because she clearly has a brilliant mind. So to see the Oprah effect in different iterations and different Mm -hmm. spaces, what does Oprah feel like on a streaming platform? What is Oprah in the broadcast network space? What is Oprah on a podcast, you know? And it's not exactly the same everywhere, which is what is great about it. Um, So it's exciting to see her continue to pivot and evolve, even with all of the the success that she's had so far. Um, So we'll continue to watch. This is a good one. Listen, this this is, this is, one of the episodes that has sent me through it. So I'm so glad that we did this and that we mm-hmm. we were here with everybody listening. We just ask that, join us again, you know, mm-hmm. when we make another trip to the Access Hollywood vault. Beautiful. You never know what the next throwback is going to be. Subscribe for more so you don't miss anything. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, honestly, anywhere All you listen to podcasts. Wherever you listen to the podcast, we're there waiting for you and your five-star review. (laughs) Yes. Leave one of those to you guys, okay? Let's do that. What would Oprah do? She's a real one. Five Five stars. stars, No less. (laughs) If you can give a five-star for Oprah. It's like, it's like, it's the podcast with Quibbs Leno, put your lighters in the air. (laughs) Leave a five-star review for Oprah. If if Oprah's (laughs) done something in your life, pour a little something in your life. It's so true. It's so true. We will Uh, see you guys on the next one. I'm Scott Evans. And I'm Zuri Hall. It's closing. Bye. The Vault by Access Hollywood is hosted by Scott Evans and Zuri Hall, produced by Access Hollywood Digital's Ginny Depper and Rebecca Zamer, and Digital Media Management's Grant Rudder, Audrey Povar, and Ryan Middledorf, and Trey Boudet. Join us next week when we open up that vault again for more iconic celebrity interviews and all things entertainment. Rate, subscribe, and share. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.